Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of The Porch Church. We hope today's message blesses you and encourages you in your spiritual journey. If you have questions, visit us on the web, www.theporchchurch.tv. What pet should I get? We want a pet. We want a pet. What kind of pet should we get? Dad said we could have one. Dad said he would pay. I went to the pet shop. I went there with Kay. And so we went in. I took one fast look. I saw a fine dog who shook hands, so we shook. So I said, I want him. But then Kay saw a cat, and she said, I want that. A pup and a kitten. They looked like good fun. Now which would we pick? We could only pick one. The cat, or the dog, the kitten, the pup. Oh boy, it is something to make a mind up. Then I looked at Kay. I said, what will we do? I like all the pets that I see, so do you. We might find a new kind. A pet who is tall. A tall pet who fits in a space that is small. If we had a big tent, then we would be able to take home a yent. Dad would like us to have a good yent, but how do I know he would pay for a tent? But what if we took one of each kind of pet? Then our house would be full of the pets we would get. No, Dad would be mad. We can only have one. If we do not choose, we will end up with none. I will do it right now. I will do it, I said. I will make up the mind that is up in my head. The dog, or the rabbit, the fish, or the cat. I picked one out fast. And then, that was that. Well, welcome to week three of our series, Parenting Through Proverbs. We are cracking open a new Dr. Seuss story each week as we walk through something that we identified as the four seasons of parenting. And so today we're on ages six through 11, the training years, but let's review real quick. Last week we talked about years one through five and discipline, and we looked at Yertle the turtle, right? The king of the turtles. And we said that there's a tiny little Yertle that lives in the hearts of our children. And if we're not careful, they grow up with that same misplaced identity of king in their hearts. And sometimes even we as adults have that. Of course, that rewound back to our first week where we kind of set the stage for this. That we said that, you know, as it comes to parenting, that there are seasons of parenting. And we said we should focus on who our children will become at the end of this journey, not just the places that they'll go. So that was kind of a look back. If you're in those ages or if you want to know where we're coming from, from, I'd encourage you to check out the podcast, tune in on YouTube, get caught up on those years because today we're moving forward, right? We're on the training years, which is brought to us by none other than what pet should I get? And really when it comes to this age, right, is there a better object to illustrate what this stage entails, right? Because in these training years, our, our children are learning about self-direction, about making choices, about articulating their values, what's important to them and why. And as we saw in the story, these years are often marked by some indecisiveness, right? Having to make choices and 
decisions and they come face to face with their limits that they can't just have everything. They have to decide or they'll end up with nothing. And so they learn how to achieve what they want to achieve with a limited set of resources. So before we jump into these training years, let's just reorient ourselves on this parenting journey because after surviving the discipline years, yes, surviving years one through five, it's important that we kind of take a breath, gather our bearings and determine what we're going to be about, what we're aiming our kids toward, right? Because the goal of this series, the goal of our role as parents isn't just to raise happy kids, right? It isn't to raise kids that even listen and obey as much as that might be our heart's desires. It's not even to raise smart kids or strong kids. As a matter of fact, our job in parenting isn't to raise kids at all. The goal of parenting, the end result of parenting, is to raise responsible adults, The end goal, the goal that we're all aiming at is not to have anything to do with smart or happy or successful children, right? That's not the end game. That's not a win in parenting. The win is to raise responsible adults, fully functioning, ready to take on the world with no excuses. We've never, uh, not grown up with kids who've never learned about the realities of life, then we end up with something completely different than what we started out with. So not only are we drawing from Dr. Seuss in this series, but we're saying we're relying on wisdom from Solomon to Seuss. So we're going to flip through some Proverbs to help us out in these years. If you brought your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn to Proverbs. We're going to start out in Proverbs 25, or again, circle at the top of that bulletin uh, the Proverbs that are important to you. But if you'd like to borrow a Bible that we have here in the worship center, I'm going to encourage you to raise your hands. Our ushers are walking around right now. If you do that, you get to cheat. It's on page 308, page 308, Proverbs 25, verse 14. If you don't own a Bible, you can just keep this. Uh, It'll be our little gift to you. Here's what Proverbs 25, verse 14 says. It says, like clouds and wind without rain is the one who boasts of gifts never given. You just got to kind of interpret the proverb. Do you know what I mean, right? So, okay, like clouds and wind without rain is one who boasts of gifts never given, right? What are, we, what are we talking about here? Well, we're kind of talking about faithfulness, right? Delivering on our promises, keeping our words, right? Proverbs says that when we don't keep our word, when we don't bear true to that, when we don't keep our promises, we're, we're kind of like a rain cloud, right? It looks promising. It looks like it's going to deliver a nice, cool rainstorm, but instead it doesn't. It withholds its promises from us. Maybe the message translation will illuminate this text a little bit for us. In the message, here's how this verse is said. It said, like billowing clouds that bring no rain is the person who talks big but never produces. Mm, we all know people like that, right? People who, who talk big, who have a slick sales scheme, but they ultimately never produce. They never deliver. They never follow through with their actions. Let's contrast this with Proverbs 11, verse 3. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have time to turn there. It says, the integrity of the upright guides them. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Integrity has to do with steadfastness, with being who we are regardless of the situation. We're going to be talking about this even more next week. Duplicity means dual actions, right? They say one thing and do another. They promise rain, but they don't deliver. So while the goal is raising responsible adults, and that may not be the flashiest, right? You're not going to write that on the wall of the nursery, right? It's not going to end up there. 
Nonetheless, if we look at the opposite, right? What's the opposite of raising a responsible adult? Raising an irresponsible adult, right? Or even worse, an irresponsible child, right? So show of hands, how many of you are aiming at that result? How many of you say, yeah, I'd like somebody who, you know, never moves out, right? Somebody who can't take the weight of life. Uh, I'm trying to raise somebody who never gets a job, right? Can never provide for themselves or anybody else. I think that's what a parenting win looks like. No, we're not aiming at raising children. We're aiming at raising responsible adults, So while that may not sound like the dream that you have for your tiny baby, I think that the reality is closer than we'd imagine. This is why we talked about this just last week in Proverbs 19, 18. It says, Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. If we don't teach them responsibility, if we don't teach them to live with integrity, how to deliver on their promises, then we partner with them ultimately in their death, in their not responsibility for life, in their unsuccessfulness to life. We set them up to fail in their ability to adult, which is like a verb nowadays as it comes to kids and millennials. This is why we discipline them, to foster their character and their ability to learn right from wrong so they can learn to make their own choices, which inevitably leads us to these years right here, the training years. These are the years of trial and error, the years of trying something new and then not going forward. It's the years of picking and sticking with our decisions. This is the time where our kids have just enough character that we begin to trust them with certain responsibilities, things like chores, right? If you have kids ages 6 to 11 and they're not doing chores, I don't know how to break it to you, but you're doing parenting wrong, right? Like, there's nothing sweeter than sitting on the couch having some lemonade while my kids pick up dog poop in the backyard. Like, it just mm, makes my heart sing. They can complain. They can whine all they want to. But honestly, this is why I have a dog, right? It's not just for companionship. It's because I want to teach them responsibility. And if I had to be responsible for it, I probably wouldn't have the dog because I don't want to deal with that, right? Just like the Dr. Seuss book, my kids wanted a pet. Can we get a pet? Can we get a pet? We said, okay, fine. But there's responsibility, right? You have a piece in this. You have to pick up after it. You have to take care of it. You have to feed it and walk it. All those other things, which turned out to be a problem because I have a great Dane and it's bigger than both of my kids combined. So walking is a bit difficult, but nonetheless, right? Having a dog is a giant learning and training experiment for them. It gives them responsibility. It lets them stretch their wings and figure out what it's like to make a decision and then to stick with it over the long haul in the face of choices and consequences to be able to determine if they're going to do what they said they were going to do. We're trying to foster responsibility in these training years, their character and resilience to make hard choices. Because while I'm the happiest on the couch with them picking up dog poop, you can guarantee that they're processing through this whole equation and going, is this really worth it? You know what I mean? Does this really matter? Is it worth keeping my choices? Is it worth sticking through? Or is it better to be a cloud that promises but doesn't follow through and deliver rain? This is why it's common, right, to have a family pet in these years, right? Melissa grew up with animals. We always had a dog in my house. And it isn't just for companionship. It's this form of training. But it doesn't have to just be animals. Maybe in your world it looks like sports commitments. Maybe it looks like a a musical instrument or extracurricular activities. Our kids get choices and then they have responsibility for that. 
As a matter of fact, right, a hallmark conversation of these training years of this age range is the responsibility conversation. It's typically framed, right, by, by us, the parents, going, uh, making whatever choice that our kids are going to make. We want to make it into a really big deal, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you can do that thing, but just know that there are consequences to your choice, right? For instance, in my house, we only do one sport at a time. We're not raising multi-sport athletes. Uh, they're not going to go pro. I just have a feeling about it, but uh, so we just say, hey, one sport at a time. So you can choose any sport that you want. You can choose basketball, but if you choose basketball, that means we're saying no to soccer in this season. You can choose soccer, but that means that we're saying no to t-ball and softball. Whatever it is, you've got to make a choice and you've got to stick with it, right? The money is spent, the ship has sailed. Is this because we're cheap parents? Partially, yeah. Uh, Is it because, right, we're selfish and we don't want to take our kids to a thousand activities? Maybe. Uh, But it's also because we want to instill some training in their lives. We want to teach our kids that they have to make a choice and they have to stick with it. They have to see it through. Because in these years, more than anything, what we want to convey to our kids is the responsibility of picking and sticking. The responsibility of making a choice, making a hard choice, and then sticking that through till the end, right? Every choice is a parenting moment that we're training them for something bigger, whether it's sports or whether it's a pet or a musical instrument. It's about picking and sticking and learning to cope with the inherent obstacles that lie in them. So we're going to break down both of those responsibilities. The first is the responsibility of picking, of making a choice, right? We saw it played out in the story. They've got to choose choose which pet should we get. We, we like them all, but we have to make a choice. I have to make up my mind. Oh, how difficult it is to make up a mind, right? You ever take your kids to buy something? Birthday money, allowance money, something like that, where they have like complete freedom. I don't know if your kids do this, but inevitably we, we end up at the store and then the deliberation happens. Have you been there, parents? I like this one, but... I also really like this one, right? There's so much finality in a choice. And do I have money for both? Nope, you got to pick one. And we hem and we haw and we, ah, I just don't know. It's so difficult to, to pick, to make a choice because we want it all, right? This is the responsibility of picking. Let me tell you a story. Just recently, uh, I was at Barnes and Nobles and we were looking at books. I started a terrible habit that I don't recommend any of you do. Um, whenever my kids finish a book, I'd say, I'm going to take you to Barnes & Noble and buy you another book because I wanted to foster reading when they were younger. Now my kids love to read. Mission accomplished, except them at Barnes & Noble's like every two weeks. And Barnes, they don't like Amazon yet because you can't feel it, right? You can't hold it in your hands. And so Liam's an incredible reader. We're there all the time. Asher is now not far behind him. And y'all, I'm keeping Barnes & Noble and Southlands in business. Like that's just... So when you tithe, you got to know, not only are you keeping this church out, you're supporting young readers. And I just want you to know that that's happening. But so we're in Barnes & Noble, right? And my oldest son, he's, he's reading through all these series. He's like, well, I like this. This is the next in the series. So I feel kind of obligated to get that. But this is, a, this is a new series. Maybe I'd like to take a break from that old series. And we just walk around just, what do you think, Dad? What do you think? It's your money, buddy. You can make a decision. And you know what they're doing in this moment, right? They want me to fix the choice right? They want me to say, it's okay, son, you can get both, right? They want me to be a loving dad, which I love to do and have done too often, right? Because I don't want to wait there for an hour while they make the choice. But the point is that they go, I just want you to solve the tension for me. Can't I get both? If we do that, though, we don't give them the opportunity to make the hard choice to be there, right? 
If you've ever been there as parents, you know what I'm talking about. Even as adults, sometimes we hate making decisions, right? They're so final. Wouldn't it be easier if we never had to choose, if we could just have everything that we wanted all of the time, right? But don't miss this lesson. There is a responsibility that comes with picking, with choice, with narrowing the field down and choosing what you're going to have. This is hard for kids, but it can be difficult for adults too. But in this season, we're training our kids for the hard choices in life. Because if you think that picking a book is difficult, wait until you choose to buy a car or plan for an expensive trip. Wait until you choose a career or a college or your first job or just wait until you choose a spouse to be with for the rest of your life. Don't miss it. There's a responsibility that comes from picking and sticking with your choice. So four quick things that we learn from the responsibility of picking. Number one is that wants have limits. Wants have limits. The things that we want, the things that we desire, even as adults have limits, right? There's no blank checks. In my household, we say it this way. You can have anything that you want, but you can't have everything that you want. You can make any choice that you want to. You can make any choice that's before you, but you don't get everything because wants have limits, right? It's true in Barnes & Noble. It's true in life. It's true in any purchase or life decision. Our wants have limits, and we have to learn to choose what we value in those moments. And these years are all about helping refine that definition of what we choose and why we choose it and when we choose it that way because we can't get them all, right? Dad would be mad if you remember the story, and that's true in everything every decision in this season. Of course, that leads to number two. There is pressure in picking. There's a pressure that comes with having to make the right choice, especially in their small, just kind of forming minds. There's a lot of weight that rests on this decision. I don't want to choose a bad book. I don't want to choose the wrong sport. What if my friends sign up for the wrong sport? What if we start the wrong instrument and we don't like that? There's a pressure in making a choice. And if you absolve them of that pressure, then you won't teach them the lesson that comes with making a choice and sticking with it. If we allow their choice not to be made, then that kind of cascades into number three, which is a way of thinking that has really helped me as I've been preparing. It says it this way, that unlimited is irresponsible. Unlimited is irresponsible for our children because it prepares them for a world that does not exist. How many of you have unlimited resources? If so, let's have a conversation. I want to go out to lunch with you. You can pay, right? In life, we have limits, and being unlimited is irresponsible. It's irresponsible as parents to teach our kids to not let them feel the pressure that comes with making a choice. You can't have everything you want. You can, you can have anything you want, but not everything that you want, which takes us back into Proverbs 19. If you don't learn discipline, if you don't learn how to deal with a limited pool of resources, then your life is going to be ruined the second you get a credit card. Right? There's pressure in picking. You can't alleviate that, but we can train our kids to do it well during the season, to let their values guide their choices and to walk them through why it matters to make a good choice, why the pressure is a good thing and can help you refine what you actually want, not only in this season, but for the rest of your life. In fact, I heard a quote from Pastor Kevin Myers. He's the lead pastor at 12 Stone where we're borrowing all this great series from, and he said it this way, and I couldn't say it better myself. That's number four on your list there, right? In order to be happy, you must learn to live without something. 
In order to be happy, you have to learn to live without. This is counterintuitive, right? No, I don't. The more stuff I have, the, the happier that I am. As a matter of fact, the, the limiting factors are what make me unhappy, right? This is kind of what we grow up with. Maybe it's even the way that we still view the world, but the reality is that resources are not unlimited. And so if your definition of happiness rests on always getting the things that you don't have, you will never truly have happiness. Right? This has played out in the lives of every famous celebrity that we've ever seen blow up their lives because while they may have unlimited resources to some extent, the things that they can buy, the, the things that their money can afford, the happiness that comes from that does not seem to last for them. See, in order to be happy, you have to learn to be content with the decisions that you've made to be, to learn that wants have limits and to deal with the pressure that comes from narrowing down that field of view. This is why we teach our kids during the training years the responsibility of making a choice, the responsibility of sticking to it, because there's pressure in those choices, and they need to learn that in order to find out what they really value as they grow up. And it's our job to shepherd them, to guide them along on that journey. Right? After all, this is what it's like to follow after God in its most pristine sense of the word, isn't it? We choose what's important to us. Namely, we choose that eternity is more important to us than the things on this earth. We set our limits on our desires, right? Not because God is some kind of cosmic buzzkill, but because we've decided to choose and to pick something different than what the world says will provide for our happiness. There is a pressure in that choice, but ultimately being unlimited Unlimited is irresponsible, right? Unlimited paths to God, unlimited grace, or unlimited opportunity is irresponsible to God and to us. So we have to learn that happiness in this world doesn't come from what we possess. We must find joy in another source. As a matter of fact, sometimes in our adult lives and our kids' lives in this stage, we often miss an important faith lesson when it comes to the responsibility of picking, See, we can begin in this stage of our kids and even in this stage as parents to begin to come to church out of a sense of obligation, out of a sense of guilt, out of a sense of not necessarily making a choice but being responsible for a choice that was made to us. In other words, we're just stuck picking up after the dog and not having the responsibility to choose what we want out of life. See, you may say, this is not what I wanted, I never chose this, and it's hard to love a God when you have a sense of responsibility for a choice that you didn't make, that you're stuck with. Make no mistake that when it comes to faith in God, there is a choice to follow, there's a choice to put your values within that, and if your primary motivation for attending and for coming and for being a part of a faith community is driven out of a sense of a choice that you've never made, that will not lead to satisfaction or fruit in the life of your faith. But if you have made a choice, if you felt the pressure in picking and that your wants and desires have limits and you've chosen to express that in God, then we find happiness of a different kind of sort. And that's where, this is where our second discipline comes into view because not only is there a responsibility in making a choice, but there's also a responsibility in sticking through in standing by our words and our choices and following through with a decision even when it hurts. Right, Psalm 15.4 is an answer to the question, who can dwell in the house of the Lord? Right? Who can stay with God forever? The author concludes this way, verse 15.4. He who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. 
The author of Psalms seems to say, if you want to know what it takes to be with God, it takes an integrity of choice that keeps their oath even when it's painful and doesn't change their mind. See, picking is hard enough, but too often, even after we go through the pressure of making a choice, we don't commit. We don't stand by our choices. We want the dog, but after he's old, he just becomes too much of a responsibility and we'd rather not deal with it, right? I know I wanted the book then, but now it's boring and I'd like something different. I know that I vowed to love you forever, but I don't quite feel the same way now. You may have learned to pick, but you never learned to stick. And as our kids begin to learn this lesson at this age, we have to recognize that the world in which we grow up in, a consumer-driven society where the customer is always right, that there are, are endless options to choose from. And when we're exposed to something newer and better, when we're shopping, whenever we made up a decision, then we always kind of find ourselves kind of wondering about our choice. Did we make the right choice or not? Which leads to an incredible amount of indecisiveness and an incredible amount of no responsibility for sticking with our decisions, right? We even have a word for it. It's called buyer's remorse, right? It's when you buy something and then you change your mind. It was a little too expensive. I found something better. I found a better deal. And so you can return it, no questions asked. In other words, there's, if you have too much pressure when buying, you don't have to stick by your choice. Because when we never stop shopping and comparing, we're never content and satisfied with what we already have. We're always on the lookout for better and newer and nicer and cooler, which is the world that our kids are growing up into. It's displayed all over their social media walls, which is why this lesson of, of sticking and picking is so important for us to teach, because our desires have limits. Choices create pressure, and there's a beauty that comes in choosing and honoring to stick to our word. Because when we're trying to create and nurture and foster responsible adults, right, people of integrity who keep their word even when it hurts, who aren't destroyed by duplicity but are protected by their integrity, right? This is the responsibility of sticking. And it starts small. It starts in ages of 6 through 11 with a pet or a sport or a book. I can remember growing up, my, my family was big into hockey. My dad played hockey. He volunteered also with hockey. And so I remember the, the first year that I signed up for hockey. Right? We went and, and we bought all the gear, right? I made the choice and we were going to start doing hockey. But I remember, even still to this day, that, that the first time that we went out, it was painful, I was learning to skate. I was hunched over. I didn't know what to do with the stick in my hands. And my dad was the coach, and so I thought that was cool. But, but all in all, I think I went to one or two practices, and then I just said, you know what? I don't want to stick with that choice. I don't want to follow through that. It hurts too much to keep my word. And so my parents, in their best parenting moments, right, this isn't a dog on them, made, made a loving choice and said, that's okay. You can, you can not go if it's causing you pain, which again, I think they were trying to do the best that they could. And that taught me a different lesson about love and acceptance and all those kinds of things because they didn't want to force me to do something that I didn't want to do. But I can tell you what lesson I didn't learn from that moment in my life. I didn't learn how to stick with a hard choice even when it hurts. I didn't learn how to push through a commitment because I'd made and given it my word. And that's translated later into my adult life where I had to learn this lesson other ways, how to stick to my word, how to stick with the choice that I made. Now again, and that's not to say anything bad about my parents. They did a great job. And as we said in week one, at some point, parents, you're responsible for your kids being in therapy. Just own it. It's going to happen. 
Because we aren't perfect, right? We can't do it perfectly. But by being intentional and focused, we can do our best to teach our kids the lessons that they need to know to become responsible adults. Because here's the responsibility of sticking, right? That every decision has duties. Every choice that you make comes with a responsibility to see through, right? In the case of which pet should we get, a fish has duties, right? You've got to clean, you've got to feed it, you've got to empty out the water, all those things, right? Dogs have bigger duties, right, that need to be cleaned up. That's part of the picking is sticking with the hard choices, even when it hurts, even when it doesn't feel good. There's a responsibility that comes with that, and responsible people take responsibility for their actions, and it is irresponsible to make a promise and not keep it. Which leads to the ultimate dad question. Whenever it comes to these issues of responsibilities, of picking and sticking, I'm going to give you one question that's going to revolutionize your parenting around this subject. It will make your kids dread it every time the story comes up. And it's simply this. If you don't want to take responsibility for your choices, if you don't want to stick with your choice, if you want to be irresponsible in that, then I get to be irresponsible too. So instead of paying for all the bills and paying for the house and all those things, we're going to Vegas. Forget it, right? Instead of being responsible and and making wise decisions, I'm going to buy a new sports car because that's what I want to do. In other words, here's the question. Do you want to live in a world where we are all irresponsible? Because if you don't have to be responsible for your actions, then why should I be responsible for mine? If you don't have to stick with your decision, then why should I as an adult have to? In other words, we're training our kids to mentally process through this. And when we bring them to this point of being able to say, hey, there's a responsibility in making a choice. And because I'm a responsible adult, I've made a choice. I've had to choose. I've made the sticking and picking decision. And I'm going to stick by my choice because I've learned to be Responsible. If we're raising, if the goal is to raise responsible adults, then we have to start there. So what pet should we get, right? Dog, cat, fish, sports, musical instrument, it doesn't matter which choice they make. What matters is that as our children grow in these years, that we teach them responsibility to make hard choices because being unlimited is irresponsible. Our wants have limits and there's a pressure in picking which leads to contentment and to joy. And in learning what they really want out of life and in sticking by those decisions, even when it hurts. This sets a foundation for them in their young lives to become responsible adults who take responsibility for their choices that they make and stick with it. From pets to cars to college to jobs, houses, and one day to spouses and children of their own. Because nobody wants to live in a world where we are all irresponsible. Speaking of which, right, this isn't just children. It's us too. Maybe you missed a lesson or two along the way. Maybe you didn't choose some of the aspects of your life and because of that you're having a hard time sticking with the responsibility of what's in front of you. Maybe you're in a season of that with parenting where you're going, man, I sure didn't choose this and yet you've got to stick through the parenting journey. Maybe you're in a season of that with your spouse where you're going, this isn't what I thought it would be, and you're having to weigh the pros and the cons of being one who keeps their words or a rain cloud who promises but doesn't deliver. Maybe for you it's about your faith, and maybe you've always come to church because you've always come to church, but in the midst of this season and in jobs and the world moving on, all those things, you've, you've let the pressure of picking and choosing to live your life in accordance with God's word, you've let that responsibility slip. 
And perhaps that's just become obligation for you. And perhaps you're just here because it's the thing that you know you ought to do or you feel like you should do, but it's disconnected from your heart. It's hard to love a responsibility instead of loving a God that you've chosen. So I just want to lead you to a time where you can bow your heads, ask the Holy Spirit perhaps to speak to you. Open up your your heart and your mind to him and just ask him, God, where do I need to learn or to teach the responsibility of picking and sticking? Where are my kids at in this? Have I I made a mistake, God, and I need to go back and, and correct some things? Is this perhaps unnatural for me? And so, Jesus, would you equip me to do what isn't natural, not the way I was raised, and instead of perhaps letting my kids do the loving thing and quit when things get hard, God, help me to teach them to stick through their choices. Again, maybe it's more personal for you than even just your parenting journey. It's about life or marriage or your faith at this moment. I just encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He's present. He's here. He's alive. He's living and active. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the worship, and he speaks to us individually. So, Holy Spirit, what would you say to me? Where would I need to learn these lessons? Where would I need to apply them in my life? What conversations do I need to have with my spouse or with my parents or with my kids that would enable me to practice what I preach, not only to teach these things to my children, but to have them firmly in place in my life? Heavenly Father, God, we're mindful that This is a dynamic relationship that we choose to be here, not out of obligation, but we choose to come into your presence and to live our lives according to your principles because we know the choice that we're making. God, give us the faith, the courage, the fortitude to stick by our faith decisions. And would you also give us the same thing in our parenting journey, in our marriages, God, in the places where you've called us to be. These are lifelong lessons about responsibility and standing by our words and our choices even when they hurt. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would help each and every one of us to take this inside, God, to feel what we need to feel about the areas that perhaps we need to do better or make a change or just spend some quiet time with you reflecting on these areas in our own lives, perhaps lessons not learned or lessons that we can't seem to stick with. Heavenly Father, as it comes to our parenting journey, would you help remind us that this sets the foundation and while we may have messed up, while we may have missed the opportunities, while we may have set a bad foundation, God, that through your grace and through your spirit and through your power, God, that you can undo what's been done. God, that you can re-pour foundations into hearts and you can reignite relationships and love where perhaps it feels dead and dry. Heavenly Father, we simply ask and pray that you would be true to yourself, that you would be faithful in us as we faithfully gather, God, that you would speak wisdom and life to our hearts as we go, and that through your Son, Jesus, that we might have life everlasting. God, we pray all these things in the name and in the power of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in our hearts and in our lives as believers. And all God's kids agreed together and said, Amen.
Stop us Nothing can hold us down 